It's great to be back. We're here for a special midweek episode. Yes, we are. I am Mindy. I'm Dan. And as you already said, this is Stagcast. <laughs> it is. Uh, how are you doing, then? I'm doing okay. How are you, Daniel? Uh, a lot better. Uh, long week. We won't get into it because that might be the goriest part of the show. Ha! But uh, it's been a long week, and I'm I'm back, and I'm glad to be good, and I'm glad to be doing the Stagcast with you. Oh, so. I'm glad you did too. So let's uh let's talk. She came from the woods. Uh twenty twenty two flick just came out like late last year, I believe. Or is it tw- oh yeah, twenty twenty two. And uh based on a short film of the same name from twenty seventeen, directed by Eric Bloomquist, who is also in the movie is Danny. Uh starling starring uh Cara Bueno, uh Claire Foley, Spencer Liss, Michael Park, and the great William Sadler. Who's been in a, a few things. Oh, is he Grandpa? He's Grandpa, yeah. Okay. And that's the dude from Demon Knight and stuff. I thought he was Grandpa. Yeah, he's been in some shit. I recognized him from Demon Knight. I swear to God, I thought he was my boy from uh, that Resident Evil movie, Don- Donnell Logue. That's who I those. thought he was. Same haircut, same facial hair, everything. I yeah. thought he was too. From the poster, I thought that's who it was. And then I watched I'm like, oh, I was a little disappointed. But, I mean, Sandler did a really good He's he a good actor. He does you know, a really he's good a, job at yeah. being one of those, like, get the fuck away from her, you kind of people. Yeah, like, I enjoy he's him. He's really good at that kind of role, the kind of, like, big and macho. And... But th- this movie, and you know, and we've talked a lot about our tastes in movies over the course of the show. And uh, we've kind of let people in on, like, what we like, what we don't like, what what's, like, our type of bags. And, what, and we review everything, but mm-hmm. we... You know, we have our favorites and the stuff we grew up with and shit. And, you know, you're very, you love the slashers and you love the fucking classics and you love an old independent movie. Yeah. And that's your type of shit. And also, I'll sit there and watch, like, something that was, like, done in, like, fucking Switzerland and shit. And, like, yeah. I'll also do Fucking stuff. 1942. I'll also do shit that's, like... Really, really good. Diego doesn't like it though. That's like subtitled and stuff. Like Good Night, Mommy. I think that's an amazing French film. He won't watch it because of the fact that he has to read everything in subtitles. Which and is a, a bad trait for me. Which you know, it's like I'm just a lazy asshole and I choose to watch something. I, that's what, I'm not it's here to not read. That, I can it's pick up that, my book. I think for you, it might take away from the movie. Yeah, and to me it does. Because for me, I'm more of a bookworm. Yes. So for me, it adds... Absolutely, absolutely. It adds scenes in my head that I don't necessarily see. But to my point, yes. You're not a big bookworm. You're not big on reading and stuff. No, and I I enjoy it, and I've read in leisure before, and I will in the future, and I like reading. But And I I don't necessarily mind subtitles, but because dub just feels so spotty sometimes. Dub can either be all right or, like, really fucking shitty Mm -hmm. English dub. 
Mm-hmm. And you got to have a really good voice actor and you really got to link up the lips. Like and it's hard with nowhere. They did a good job. Yeah. And it's hard because with the dialect and the different, like we say stuff slower, you know, shit. Uh, so it's a little, it can be hard to do, but I'm missing out on some of the best horror movies because foreign fl- films and foreign horror flicks are probably one of the best genres of horror known to exist. Japanese horror is fucking amazing. European horror is low key fucking awesome. Like there's just Parasite, fucking Train to Busan, like fucking some of my, Train to Busan is one of my favorite movies. That's in my top 10. That oh, wow. zombie, that Korean zombie flick. And that's the subtitle. I've, I've watched it in English dub before and I've watched it in subtitles and I love them both. And, and there's certain things that that's why I try to open up a little more with that because you do by doing that and making that choice. You, not only do you miss out on the anime, which I'm fine. I'm not an anime guy anyway, but you miss out on some really good fucking horror. Because well, that is some good shit. I'm I, glad I watched The Girl from Nowhere. You know, that was a good fucking show. And that was in Thailand. Yeah, and that subtitle. Or that was a dub that we yeah. watched. And, like, that's the thing, though. Like, if it's really good. Like, there's even a movie that I have in my notebook for us to review called We Remember. And it's actually an English dub Japanese flick. And what it is is these six kids that barely know each other yeah. end up getting caught in a time loop thing yeah and the time loop has like an urban legend behind it and like the first couple days are okay and the kids are cool with it and then they start getting swallowed by this thing that just comes after them yes and then they it doesn't they don't show up anymore yes and it starts to get that like paranormal That's feel to fun. it and it's yeah. like it's really cool like when it yeah, comes it to a head like it ends up as a happy ending, but it's it's really cool. It's on Netflix. It's called We Flash Member. It's honestly a really good flash. And you gotta and time. think about all the shit that we've tried to do over here that's just not quite as good. Like everybody, every real horror fan will tell you that Ringu is better than the Ring, yeah. and the, like their version of and the Ring. And they got more fucking movies out of that one. Yeah, there was nine movies out of that. When a when a stranger calls is a fucking classic out there compared okay. to what it is here. Oh, wait. Is I don't it, think you're it, talking about One Miss Call. I think you're talking about One Miss Call. One Miss Call, yes, my yeah. bad. Uh, but One Miss Call, it's a, it's a good movie out there. Yeah. Here, it was okay. It's really okay out but here. That's the type of shit you're into. And, and you, we all have our loves. Me, I'm into sort of the same shit, but I'm because we really meet in the middle of slashers. We fucking yeah. love our slashers. But I'm also more of a a newer, I like the modern, I like that mid-2000s polished feel. I like, some of the new shit gets a, feels a little too polished, but I like that high-budget horror. That mm-hmm. is my type of shit. I do enjoy it. This is not that. But I also enjoy a really good camp movie. As, As the biggest Friday fan there is. Love, yeah. There's, there, there's, there's one thing you love, there is summer camp movie. Yes. I mean, I remember how much you absolutely adored Shirley Main Camp. Yes. I didn't think you were going to like it. Great I, movie. I thought you were going to like Sleepaway Camp better, but you ended up liking Cheerleading Camp instead. Cheerleading Camp was really good. Sleepaway Camp, I can still watch. Even if the chick has a dung, I can still watch it. It's a the good movie. The second and the third one are so good. Yeah, there, there's just certain things about the first one, like the rapey chef and stuff that I didn't really get into. Like that, the, the one cook and shit. Oh, God, The fucking yeah. greasy dude. It, like, shit like that kind of turns the me away. But, 
there's something about getting a, a bunch of kids together and a couple of doobies and having them bang. And, and this one, kids are, I mean, Dylan's trying to fuck everything, but fucking no one's having sex in this one, really. But uh, except for Grandpa getting his yiggities with old Aggie. But uh, we'll get to that later. But I love that concept of a camp movie, of a camp slasher. I know it's been done so many times. I know it might not always be the freshest genre, but there's something about it. It's a guilty pleasure. I fucking love it. Unfortunately, it reminded me a lot of the second year straight that they did. Absolutely. 100%. And I love that movie. That second Fear Street is the best one in the trilogy in my mind. And... I thought it was fucking awesome. I still go back and watch it sometimes. Uh, so the camp shits my shit. And th- this is a camp movie in its heart. To me, how I would describe this, and this isn't really spoilers, but we are going to get into spoilers soon, so a warning. But I would describe this to anybody as the perfect low-budget homage to 80s camp movies. Oh, yeah. And the perfect love letter. And... Just a movie that does not take itself too seriously, but has a lot of fun, but also has some good story beats. The acting is pretty stellar for this caliber of a movie. And I just, and there, yes, there's bad, there's camp, there's fucking camp. There's a lot of camp, not just them being at a camp. There's a lot of campiness. There's a lot of fucking like cheesy shit, but some of it's really endearing. And some of it just makes me like the movie more. Yeah, and I think that's why it reminded me a lot of Fear Street, the second one, because that was more of, like, the theory of the witch rather than the third one, focusing on the witch's life and whatnot. So, like, that actually kind of, like, for me, was very relatable. It is, and the only thing I think that separates those two is Fear Street, you got high budget, and you... Got it's taking itself very seriously. And there's three movies, so well, you're gonna find out why. Yeah, the I'm talking specifically about the second one. Yeah. But uh, that it tells a great story, and it also it does it takes itself pretty seriously. It's yeah. a great movie, but there's not a lot of fun to be had. It, it, it's fun, like we enjoy it. It's a great movie, but it's not like this is over the top fun. Yeah. This is a bunch of people with a camera that's like, fuck it, let's fucking do this movie and like have mm-hmm. a great time. And that's what I really enjoyed about this. And the practical effects, I really enjoyed a lot of them. There are a couple that we'll get into that are a little spotty, but, you know, I don't know what this was made on, but it doesn't seem very much. No, I would definitely have to say that they went low budget. They filmed it in Connecticut. You know, I don't, I know Eric Bloomquist has had a couple movies and he's a pretty, pretty good director and stuff. But uh, this wasn't like when it, it, it was only in a few theaters, you know. It just got released on Tubi. It was, it's not like it's a big budget release from Warner Brothers or anything. But for what it, what it's trying to do, I think it almost is perfect in execution. Mhm. Absolutely. And we'll get right into it. Uh, basically, unless do you have any other opening thoughts? Or? I mean, not really. Except for I wouldn't recommend this to like people. a lot of people show their kids like summer camp movies and stuff, don't do that with this film. Just just don't. Probably shouldn't do that in general because they can be the most brutal ones. But, <laughs> but like, just, just don't with this film. Because this one just, it takes the totality and it, like, mm-hmm. makes it, like, tenfold. But I also think 
that the low budgetness and the fucking the practical effect of it it doesn't take you out of it at all it to me it, it puts me more into it but it also makes it seem a little less scary too you know what i mean yeah cuz and when you see agatha and stuff it does very it's a silly witch movie you know it's not the scariest affair of all time. No, you know? I mean, there is some gold. She have a fucked up face, though. Yeah. She had a fucked up face. She had a fucked up face. For sure. Like, it's the way she's laughing and, and shit, her like cackling and yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, nobody cackled like now. That there's no. <laughs> that was a good cackle. There's just no one that can match that for me. But she, she would be in second place. She's a good cackle. I watched that pregnancy episode, by the way. It fucked me up, especially when I had my fucking. Stone happened at right when, and it's like this is fucking bullshit. That dude went through. That dude was running through it, and he got fucked. What if I fucking review the entire series? Yeah. All right. So anyway, back on track. So the she came from the woods. Yes. On Tubi right now, if you guys want to go ahead and follow us along and or watch it or whatnot. Um. One more thing I will say is the TikTok is back. Yes. So let's. Get on into it, Daniel. Why don't you go ahead and tell the good people? I would love to. This takes place at a camp called Camp Briarbrook. And uh, that's the setting, and that's where the McAllisters, they own this camp, and they run it every summer. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's owned by the grandfather, Gilbert, played by William Sadler, uh, Gilbert McAllister. And I'll get into his backstory because he has a big thing to do with this. I, I wanted to be funny and just be like, yeah, and he fucks this witch. And yeah, he does, but we'll get into it. Uh, but he uh, he has a daughter named Heather McAllister, played by Cara uh, Bono or Bueno. And uh, she she helps run the camp with him and she works there. And then they got her two sons, Peter and, and uh, who, who's the, oh, Peter and, what the fuck's his name? Sean? Was, oh, yeah, Sean. Peter and Sean. And Sean's the older brother who does not really fucking play around. He's like, you got to, like, and Peter's the goofball who wants to call the fucking, there's this fucking big mystery of this witch and, and Agatha, this big witch that, it's a camp story. Like, we played the quarry, very similar, the Haga Hackett's quarry. It's an urban legend, yes. Yeah. And uh, so it's one of those deals. And he seems very serious about it, where Peter's more like, fuck it, let's call it, like, this is bullshit, it's fun, blah, blah, blah. And he's got a girlfriend by, uh, played by Claire Foley named Lauren. And that girl has some fucking hooks, though, let me tell you. Badass and, like, underrated as a final girl for somebody that, even, I mean, there's another girl that lives, so I don't know if you can really call her a final girl. I mean, she'd be rocking that fucking side pony that I hate. Yeah. But it's so fucking 80s. With the blood on the face, it looked cool, though. But... I'll give her credit where credit's due. She fucked. Yeah. So you got her, and I thought she was going to be throwaway, to be honest. I thought she was the girlfriend. They're laughing together. They're having a good... I didn't think she was going to be shit, but she obviously ends up being top shit. And that's the family. That's his Peter's girlfriend. Peter is kind of the main character. It's based around the McAllisters, and then, you know, you got the girlfriend. And then you got the, the other campers, which are... Some very interesting characters. You have Adam Wepler as Dylan, who's the resident fucking douchebag who wants to fuck anything. He is an asshole. Complete. And he's got the perfect. That's the one thing I love about the 80s vibe of this. It doesn't shove it down your throat much, but you see it in his mullet. He's got a very 80s mullet in the way he acts. He's like fucking totally 
totally like that fucking oh shit, what the fuck is his name? Um, Billy Idol, the white wedding guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Billy Idol, like all the fucking way, like the tattoo, the fucking earring, like yes. everything. And he his personality is he wants to fuck and he's an asshole. Yeah. And that's his two personality traits. And he's okay with it. Yeah. He's fine with all that. And that's Dylan. And then you have uh, Ed Barisha as Mike. And Mike, somebody, the complete opposite of Lauren. I thought Mike was going to be the big fucking hero of this whole thing. And we'll get into what happens to him. Another 80, he's got the headband rocking in the short shorts. Mike's a real one. I fuck with Mike. Mike's a good hero in this movie. I like Mike a lot. And I thought that was a really good performance by that actor. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm butchering the names, which I apologize. I just can't but, with the short shorts. No, the short shorts are hard. It's all of them have them. But, uh, and then you have Ben, who, Dan Leahy, uh, Ben, one of our personal favorites, the, the red-haired homosexual who... He's so funny. Heart, heart of gold, great kid, and also kind of a dick and kind of, like, sassy and, like... I hate you. Just perfect. And he's got that... I, I forgot who he had the relations, because then you have... You know, Veronica, Ashley, Kelly, a lot of, you got the girls. And, uh. You think that was Ashley, was it? Ashley, yes, it was Ashley. And that's a good, fr- and I like their little, like, cute best friends, like, when she's like, you're cute. But, like, they're very, like, that is, like, the ideal girl and her and her gay best friend. Just mm-hmm. hanging out and fucking loving life. And, you know. Making plays. She treats them with nothing but respect, and they're good together. And I, I like those two as a duo. And Dylan's over here calling them fucking all sorts of shit that you shouldn't say. Yeah. And he fucking, and she's sticking up for him and she won't, Dylan's trying to fuck her too. And she's like, no. And, uh, yeah, he's like, your performance today coming through the kids. It just, it moves me, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, your art moves me. Don't you want to have sex with me now? And she's like, well, technically that was Dylan's art that moved through. Or, uh, you Ben. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That, uh, that was actually Ben's words moving through you. So, um, I'll let you take that up with him. Yeah, that's what you got pissed off. And, and he got really angry. And it's like, you can't be angry at that. Like, she told you the truth. Like, she didn't write it. Ben, ben did. So she was being completely honest. And then you got Danny, who's played by the director, Eric Bloomquist. And Danny, and I'm not sure, I forgot even though I just saw this, I forgot if it's Veronica or Kelly, which are the girls he has. I think it's Kelly that it's the will they, won't they with the blonde girl. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah, Kelly. Yeah. And she's got a guy in New York and all this. And he doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. He never said anything. No. So, and that's our, basically our characters that we have to work with in this beautiful little slide. And I want to give a little (laughs) shout out to the little girl, Martha. Yes. Oh my God. Like, complete fucking zero to hundred. Like that little girl went from being the cutest thing on planet Earth to mm-hmm. being the most petrified thing you have ever seen in your life. Yes. Like, holy shit. She did a great job. And I would argue all the little kids did amazing. They did. They killed, and my, my little homie Dennis, Dennis don't fuck around, Dennis man. Dennis was great too. Dennis 
Dennis was another favorite as well, but I I had to give it to Martha. She did a really good job. She did a good job, but Dennis the Menace lit a motherfucker on fire. Yeah, I would say Dennis probably did a little bit better than Martha. <laughs> they were all great. I thought all the little kids fucking did, especially because this is a hard one where most it's a horror flick where a lot of the kills are coming by children eating people <laughs> and digging into people and shit. Oh yeah, so sorry guys, we need to put up a PSA real quick. If you were against cannibalism. Yeah. Um, do not watch this movie. Which, by the way, I am, and it didn't bother me. So, you might be okay because it didn't. It's it not green and fertile. Show them <laughs> yeah. eat it. But it does them, like you see them piling to their them, face, like, piling stuff in the, on their yeah. face and whatnot. So, like, I mean, but if your screen's dark enough, you can't really tell. It just it feels more zombie-ish because the kids are possessed. And yeah, so it's more of a possession mm-hmm. kind of deal than like. Them actually killing. And the kids get possessed because Peter, fucking Peter, man. And I'm glad he had a face turn and I did start to root for him and it made me sad what happens happens. But fucking Peter, this little fucker, his brother Sean tries to tell him, dude. And by the way, Sean, I've seen him in other shit. Uh, I got to find that. Tyler Elliott Burke, who's Sean McCann. I've seen him in I don't know what I've seen him in, but I have seen him in shit. Uh, and he was a good actor, and he was good in this. And he fucking was trying to be the fucking protective big brother, like, dude, let it die. And he's like, he's being vague, but he's trying to tell Peter, like, quit it with this bullshit. And Peter doesn't let up, and all the campers later at night, while Sean has a bus full of the kids, he's taking the kids home. And, well, he's taking the kids somewhere, they said it would take a day, so I don't know where the fuck they're going, but uh, apparently it's somewhere far. And uh, he's got them in a separate location. And then all the campers, all the camp counselors or whatever, they're all fucking hanging out, you know, doing the party vibe, campfire, drinking, flirting. Yeah, like the last night of their summer. Yeah, like that's the vibe. You'll see it in every Friday movie. You'll see it if you play the quarry. You'll see it in any camp horror. That's the night before shit goes wild, they're around the campfire drinking, having fun. And uh, that's what they're doing. And Peter wants to call Agatha. Now, Agatha is the witch. Uh, we we kind of are debating whether she's a demon or a ghost or whatever, but it's I would evil spirit. Evil spirit, but it seems like she's pretty alive when she comes back. So I'm just gonna call her a witch. And she fucking there's this curse of her and you drop blood. Basically, she was found as a witch. She was a nurse at camp, and she was tried as a witch because she was doing magical experimentations on some of the campers, which included bloodletting. And bloodletting is something that I talked about to you guys in Stay Alive. That is what the famous Elizabeth Bathory did, was bloodletting. And basically, it's not enough to kill the victim, but it is enough to get a big hole, like a jug full. Not a jug. But like, well, she was getting jars, jars, basically, yeah. like jars of it. Mm-hmm. And um, some kids she would just outright kill, others she would keep alive and whatnot. But because of that, the way to summon her is by pricking your finger and drawing blood, mm-hmm. and then saying her name. And Peter's <laughs> dickhead ass gets everybody to fucking do it, except for Ben, that smart motherfucker. When Ben and uh. What's her name? Bounce. Ben yeah, and, but uh, Ashley did it. Ashley does it. it. Ashley does it. 
but Ben doesn't do it. And everybody else does it. And that's when, and then nothing seems to happen. They're all still hanging out. You know, it cuts to Sean in the van with the kids, and the kids are going fucking ape shit. And Sean yeah, like, shot the fucking car broke down in the middle of the cornfield. That feels so bad for Sean. And he's just like, you know, let's have some quiet time, guys. And he asked one of the kids, like, what do you think the chances are of me of getting to get you and your friends to get quiet? And he's like, slim to none. Yes. And then in a dual scene where shit goes down in both situations that I thought worked well cutting between each other, you got the one scene where Sean uh, goes out to check on the car after he tells him to be quiet. And Dennis is like, bro, that ain't happening. We ain't quiet. The fuck down. Fuck you, pretty much. And he goes outside. Well, before he goes outside, he stands up and they're completely quiet and silent and they're being like you and me have seen as many of these things to know that these kids are possessed (laughs) but he's he's like all right fuck yeah they're finally shutting the fuck up so he goes outside checks on the truck or van or whatever the fuck they're in goes back in and the kids are gone and uh then he's freaking the fuck out and then you hear him giggling in the woods or in the cornfield and he starts running in and you oh my god shit's going down and then he calls Grandpa. And then he calls Grandpa. But while that's happening, uh, you cut to the kids, and then the will they, won't they of Danny and Kelly comes to fruition. And uh, Danny makes his fucking move. He shoots his shot. It works out pretty well. He's teaching her to skip a rock. He's, like, being all cute and shit. Yeah, but then he finds out about the mysterious boy that she never mentioned to anybody until just now. Yeah, and he also dived in for a kiss. Very, like, it was a little too forceful. It's like, all right, Danny, you gotta come. I think he was a little possessed. When he was trying to have sex, he might have been. Jesus Christ. I was saying, I I think that he was was possessed. Yeah. He might have been. But, uh, that doesn't work out. Kelly tells him to fuck off and goes and hangs out with her friend. Yeah. And then, uh, you just see, while she's telling her friend what's going on, this is where shit really goes down. You just see Danny walking. And I thought this scene was done beautifully. And Danny's walking behind, like, behind them having a conversation with a rock in his hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, she turns over. She's like, oh, Danny, I'm sorry. And he just starts bashing her over the fucking head with the rock and killing her in front of Veronica. Yeah, just killing her in front of her best friend and just fucking jamming that rock. And then Mike steps in, who, like I said, I thought was the fucking hero of this thing. And Mike stabs him and puts... Fucking Mike. Mike puts Danny out of his misery, and it's awesome. And it's like, wow, Mike's a hero. And then Dylan's yelling at him like you... It's like, dude, this dude just fucking fucked everybody. Seriously. Like, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't survive. But yeah, if it wasn't for that, I, I agree. But Mike fucking saved the day right there, and Danny died. And while Danny's getting Danny. stabbed, uh, blood's coming out of his mouth. And you said you weren't a huge fan of this special. Hey, right, so this is why I wasn't a huge fan of this. Motherfucker gets stabbed two times in the side, just two. Yeah. And I'm not talking about no stabbing twist, nothing like that. So, tell me how his entire mouth and being 
become overflowed with blood to the point that he's pulling up blood from his mouth that's like deep purple. Like, number one, blood ain't deep purple, it's deep red. Get it right here, folks. Unless, isn't it if it's the the liver? Mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't his liver. So, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with that one. I thought they did a really good job on every other practical effect, but I see what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, you see all the CGI in this fucking things nowadays, and some of it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Take me back to the days of Nightmare on Elm Street and the fucking, the way they did the face and the thing with the practical effect. Mm-hmm. And then they do it the remake CG, and it's not good. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. So you go to this, and the way heads explode and people, un- and it just looks cool. But this scene happens, that's when they realize shit has gone down, they're fucked, they all get back to the mess hall, and they go talk to Heather, which is... Uh, well, Gilbert's... actually, no, they go back to the mess hall to look for Heather. Yeah. But Heather's not there, remember? Oh, yeah. Peter's little girlfriend that's been sneaking, Yeah, yeah. And find out that there's actually a family tie guy. Yep. And that Agatha was actually used in Heather when she was around eight for her bloodletting experiment. I thought they did find Heather first and the phone exploded in her ear. And then the girl went looking for stuff. It might have been all of the same thing. It might have been all kind of the same thing. I do remember it all happening around the same time. But, but yeah, so that, and that's when she finds out that there's something fishy going on here. Mm -hmm. But Heather's like, Dude, we got to find the rest of the kids. We got to get them back. And we got to fucking save everybody. This shit's fucked. And Mike's like, I'll go. Because Mike's a hero. And Dylan's like, fuck you. Cause, and, and then they have this thing where they get in a couple of little fights. And the first one, he's like, are we doing this, bro? And that's what Dylan says. He's like, are we doing this? And, just, and he's like, you want to do this now? And then they just get into it. It's so 80s and it's very funny. And it's, like, in the middle of shit going down. And then it's, like, all right, we'll go look for him. Like, the apocalypse is happening. You want to do this now? Yes. And then you have some scenes with Ben and Ashley also figuring out what's going on and them being on their own and seeing. And And the thing about Ben and Ashley is I feel really bad for them because they're on the complete other side of the campus. And they have – they're putting down the bunks and everything. That's how they're told them to. And they hear Peter on the mess hall, or on the uh, AV or PA or whatever, saying to go to the mess hall. But the two of them are so, like, oblivious to it because they've been being pranked all summer. Yeah. That they're like, ah, it's probably just a prank. Yeah. Anything could be happening. Uh, Yeah. They just want to go to the mess hall for a prank. Yeah. And, like, Peter keeps on begging and begging and pleading with them to come. And poor Ashley should have listened. Because Peter gets serious pretty quick after that. Because he really is a douchey fucking, you don't, you're not going to like this guy at the beginning. But there's something, he does kind of switch and have a face turn of, like, oh, he's just a dumb kid and he didn't mean to do all this shit. And you kind of feel for him. I think the actor played the, the fucking... Uh, lack ass, like not giving a fuck, joking around about everything shit too good at the beginning to where it was hard to kind of accept him as a good guy in the end mm-hmm. and really make you feel for him when shit goes down. 
But that's when they were telling the whole story because, like you said, like, you didn't tell me this shit. Yeah, that's when it's like it kind of made it work. When he was really, really mad at them because he was like, "Wait a minute! Not only, not only was this fucking thing true, but y'all told me it was an urban legend, and you told me it never happened truly." Yeah, it shows like I said, what let it die. Hell? His show's like, I said, let it die. He's like, that's not telling me what's going on, you fucking asshole. And he had a good point. But, uh... That's not sharing with me. When all this is going on, though, the other kids go to to look for Ben and Ashley. And, uh... You have another little fight scene with fucking Mike and Dylan, where they get into it. Because Dylan's trying to fuck Veronica. and, And Dylan's like, yeah, dude, we want to fool around. And she's just like, my best friend just got brutally murdered in front of me. And he's like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you want to fuck me to take my mind off it? And he's like, yeah. And then she just punches him so hard in the stomach. And then he gets mad at Mike and he's like, dude, you've been cock blocking me all summer. And Mike spits the best line in the two of the best lines, because the one of the kids saying I have two dads asshole in the beginning was pretty good. But uh, when Mike was like, dude, she's not going to sleep with you. Nobody is. <laughs> and then Dylan just freaks the fuck out, starts punching him. But then they hear screaming. Yeah. And uh, what happened to Veronica? I don't remember how she died. Um, I think the kids took her out right before they took out Ashley. Okay. Because I do remember vividly. I know what happens to Ben and Ashley. Because yeah. that scene was crazy. And that's when you see, oh, you have to... Only the ones that prick their fingers can see Agatha mm-hmm. at this point. And Agatha's around the kids hanging out. And that's why it makes and me think... That's why it makes me think it might be a little more spiritual demon thing because you had to prick your finger to see her. Yeah, and the kids are also chanting. Yep. And, like, something and more talent. Yeah. I don't know. My Latin is totally up to date here, so I'm not going to butcher it. But it was basically about her having a mortal life. Yeah. And now how can the kids see her? They didn't prick their fingers, did they? No, but they're possessed. No, by but they're possessed. Oh, okay. Um, and they jumbled they all came around the campfire and started doing this and while while they were doing this was when the meth hall scene happened with Heather. Yep. And her ear got taken out. Oh, uh, yep. And then she slowly starts to hear Agatha trying to get her to come back to her because she was Agatha's special one. Yeah. And Ashley gets absolutely fucked up, man. I feel so bad for that poor child. She was just trying to be a good camp counselor. Ben's like, Ashley, we got to fucking move. He's like, there's blood, to, there's jars of blood around these kids. They're fucking doing something weird. And... You seem and to see something. Yeah, and she's like, no, she's like, Martha, get back here now. Like, she's, like, really trying to, like, save the, she's like, they're just kids, Ben. And it was very honorable, and, like, she was a nice person of the character, but it didn't do her very well. And then when Ben was screaming at him, he's like, Martha, you were gonna be on Broadway. And then he's like, Dennis, get on there. Dennis? And like Dennis, like come leaps off the fucking like braces and goes to crutches or whatever and yeah. takes his revenge. It was woolly. It was good. It was it was cheesy, but it was a good kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. 
It absolutely was. And Ben, like I said, he was one of our standout performances. He was hilarious. Ben and Ashley for me really worked because I had a gay best friend around that age of my life. Yeah. And I will have to say, when you're that age, you kind of need a gay best friend. Well, and it also, it just, for that type of relationship, it felt very authentic. Absolutely. It didn't All feel forced. All of them actually or... had really good chemistry. Yeah. And those two just bantering and having fun and like, you know, it just, they they did kind of, they had good chemistry together. I thought the family had great chemistry. A lot of, everybody had good chemistry, but those two in particular, like those scenes, even though, like anybody would think those are filler scenes, you know, the things when you fucking pan out to Ben and Ashley, but really they're actually good, well-acted scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that all goes down. Ashley's bye-bye. And, uh, Dylan, not Dylan. Ben finally makes it back to the mess hall. Yes. To tell everyone what's going on. And he says, the kids, they were chanting something, something, something in the twirl. I don't fucking know. And Heather's like, uh. and he says, what? And Peter's like, mom, what are you talking about? What's going on? Like, I guess there's only ever one is one thing. And so what? And she's like, mortal life. And they're like, uh, uh, and she thinks she's going to kill every single one of us that's had their fingers pricked before this night is over. Yep. And then the fucking sheriff comes in the midst of all this. I have to, I have to say this. I'm yeah. sorry. The fucking sheriff comes in the midst of all this. Fucking finds out what's going on. Gets a pizza guy to fucking, like, get him to apprehend his vehicle, but still ride with him. And then the sheriff takes off and tells her, like, I'm sorry, I can't get anyone else involved. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Some of those kids are minors. <laughs> <laughs> like, two of them, two of them are maybe, like, are 17. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I don't want, I don't want to torture. I don't want her, I don't want her to see me again. Uh, bitch, she yeah. already fucking saw you. She made sure that your fucking truck broke down. She already knew you were here. Yeah. And he, like, was adamant about not sending anyone and not helping. And it's like, you're an ass. Yeah, and then he fucked up the pizza guy. The pizza guy was just trying, he just wanted to do 1732 for the pizza. He said a, a 20 will do it. And the fucking cop cuffed him, put him in the back, and said, we're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, and that was a weird scene to throw in there. I didn't need that one. To be I didn't need that didn't need either, that. and it made me hate the cop. Especially because he had nothing to do with the rest of the movie, really. You find his car in the in the lake later. You missed it. That's how forgettable it is. You didn't see it in the first viewing. Because it was hard. I just looked over and it's like, oh, I guess that's what happened to the cop. But they never show it or like. So I, I didn't think it was needed. Like the cop and the pizza guy, like why? But it's like, okay. And that was the one scene because this is a very fast paced good movie. It's got an hour, 40 minute run time, but it's very fast paced and it very gets to where it wants to go in due Absolutely. time. And kills people at the right times and stuff like that. Uh, Mike and fucking Peter come up with this plan. And it's basically to have the kids chase them and then lock the kids down. 
And this is when shit gets really bad. When Peter's outside, the kid with crutches that has two dads starts fucking chasing him. Uh, but Mike gets really run down with the kids when they're trying to lock them in this like basement type deal. And Mike almost gets it. And like I said, I thought this was the hero of the movie. It seemed like he was going to be one of the main characters. For just a camp counselor and having nothing to do with the family, it seemed like he was going to be one of the main guys. And he almost gets out. The kids are biting at his legs and shit. And Dylan's at the top of the stairs. And you think, wait, maybe Dylan's going to have a hero moment here. He's got his hand out. He's trying to save him and shit. Yeah, like, Dylan looks like he's going to be an actual bro. Lauren's right next to him. It's like, after all the fighting and bickering, maybe Dylan will do the right thing. But then it's also like, oh, he's pretty far away. And, like, maybe fucking Dylan's going to be a scumbag here. And sure as shit, Mike gets fucking up to the top bitch. of the stair and fucking face kick. And but he was going to make it. Oh, yeah. That's what me off about that, and he was gonna fucking. Yeah, he keeps saying he's not gonna make it. No, he's making it. He's out. It was fucking bad, and then Mike just goes bye bye. The kids tear into his flesh. It's like I said, I really thought he could be one of the last people standing, or like maybe make a, a hero sacrifice. But I did not see him dying halfway through the movie, and it was a cool surprise for it. It made me, like, that's what I like about horror when they do shit like that. Mm-hmm. When not everybody you think is going to make it doesn't make it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Just like Peter and shit. Like, like I did not think Mike was going to bite it. Especially, like, right there. Like, we still had, like, 45. I thought Dylan would have been first. Me too. I did not think Mike was going to go before Dylan. So, when he does that, and then they're freaking the fuck out. Mike's fucking dead. The plan kind of goes haywire, and everyone's kind of on their own a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ben and Dylan are together, and Dylan ties Ben up to a tree, cuts his fucking hand and shit, and is making him say Agatha, and also kisses him, which is like, all right, the, the horn dog the whole time's a little gay, kind of funny. Well, it's also like, yeah, the guy that's trying to get ass the whole time is actually, you know, into the fellas. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know... He gets him to scream, and then he says, she's, he's all yours, walks away, and then it goes right into the scene... My favorite scene in the movie and my top kill. And that's when Dennis the Menace shows up. And f- Dylan's trying to get the fuck out of there. He goes to pull out in this truck or car or whatever. And then he sees that the oil line's fucking busted. And it's fucking leaking everywhere. Gasoline all over the fucking place. And fucking uh, Dennis the Menace, he, he turns his head. And this little kid with his glasses, he's looking over him with his creepy eyes. And he's like, Dennis, you little fucker. And Dennis has a lighter. Or Dennis has a cigarette in his mouth. He's a lit cigarette. And he throws the cigarette on the fucking flame. and Or he throws it on uh, Dylan's shoulder, I believe. And Dylan bursts the fuck up. And this is where this practical effect was done amazingly. And then Lauren comes out, puts him out with the extinguisher. And he's like a blob. He looks like fucking Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars. Like it's bad. Mm-hmm. Flesh burned off. And, and only the best way for this character to go out First, he says he saves them all and everything, but then he starts making pussy-eating noises and stuff and, go, blah, 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 and like shit like that, and then she just bashes his fucking head in with the extinguisher. And I thought that was just beautiful horror. That was awesome gore. A character like that that you're just waiting for him to get fucked, and then he finally does, and it's like, yes. Yeah. And it, it was a perfect scene. Mm-hmm. And then you have a few things sprinkled out. One of the main things is when the, they hear Ben's voice, and this is... This, well, this is because we already mentioned the meeting of the family and Peter getting pissed off at them. But also, this is the big backstory. William Sadler's character, Gilbert, mm-hmm. fucked the witch back in the day. 
Yep. He was fucking with the nurse. Yes, he did. And uh, so that's the he connection there. All over that nurse. He was giving her that fucking uh, brickwood brick or briarwood brick, whatever the fuck it's called. Bury him in briarwood. Briarbrook. Briarbrook, yeah. Bury me in briarbrook. And he was fucking. Yeah, he was he fucking was the shit out. He was getting his yiggities, and uh, that's how all this shit started. And it, it was a big thing. And I like the way that they did that scene with, like, the not the flashback, but kind of an animation type deal during that a bit. And I thought that was pretty sick. Not animation, but you know what I mean? And uh, that's how we get that backstory. And then, like, right after that, Peter, who's another one. Peter's with his girl, Lauren. He's with his brother, Sean. You don't think anything's going to happen to Peter, but he hears Ben's voice. He said it could be the witch fucking with us, but Lauren's like, dude, what if it's him? And Peter has this moment, he's like, oh, fuck. And he's basically a hero at this point. Mm-hmm. So he runs out, goes looking for Ben. You see nothing around the tree. And then you see fucking what's-her-name, or Agatha, and an axe just stick out. And fucking, poor Peter gets fucking hacked hard at the throat, dude. And then you just get a scene for, like, five minutes of him sitting there with his throat slit. Just, like, he starts crying, then Sean's like, dude, we're we're good. And then he, like, stops and dies. And that was, like, a nice emotional scene, but it was also, like... Why? Like, he's dying. Like, like yeah, yeah, we're going to be okay. Like, I'm going to make sure to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> like, that, that's how it felt. It's like, she's going to be all right, dude. I got it. And then he just, Peter's like, all right, cool. And he died. <laughs> it's like, all right. But, uh... That's not really... He just meant, like, we're good. Everything's going to be okay. But, you, you, I mean, you're dead. See you, bub. And he, he died. And uh, that gets us to kind of the finale with the ring and them plotting how to defeat this thing. And uh, Gilbert, you know, they all prick their fingers, Sean, fucking Heather, and uh, and Gilbert. And they meet her at this, like, uh, at the lake, pretty much. Gilbert's grandpa, right? Yeah, Gilbert's the grandpa. Okay. Old Gilbert. And uh, he fucking, he almost has her. But uh, Agatha's a fucking sneaky bitch, and she had Heather, and she's got a knife. She's got a blade to Heather's throat. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's laughing and cackling. He's got the ring. He places it in her hand, but it's not really the ring. It's like a chain, and it kind of like loops her up and fucks her up for a second. He's like, I got you. Lauren's wearing the ring, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, But she actually gets a hold of the gun. And that's when poor grandpa says his final words, bury me in Briarbrook. And one of the best headshots, like I said, practical effect. They probably Honestly, just blew up a watermelon. I don't my know. My favorite shot of the entire movie. It, it really was. It was it so was good. It was like a watermelon drop. <laughs> so really good. Was. The way his head exploded off the gun. It was so fucking good. I completely agree. Like, you would have thought that she was standing right in front of him, but she was say, just 50 feet away. Yeah. But you would have really thought that she was standing right next to him. Exactly. Because it literally looked like she had that gun like implanted in his fucking head. Yeah, it was bad. It was so good. It, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It was so, it was It was, it was good to watch. It was a practical effect. I've seen it done a couple of times, but this would have to be one, one of the best. Yeah, that and the Dylan scene stand out for me as the two best use of practical effects. Uh, the other shit's cool. The way Peter's throat slit and that shit looks cool, but those like are the I two scenes. You, but that's not you, though. Like, Peter, yeah, his throat slit was definitely better than the first <clears throat> one. But like I told you, 
And actually, we went over this, but we didn't go over it in the podcast, but the director is actually Danny. Yeah. And Danny, the reason why me and Danny have a theory here is why he got such the treatment that he got, full fact was kind of weak, and his blood was off and shit, is because he was the director. He couldn't be in it long. Yeah. He might have just been like, get me the fuck out of here. You yeah. Know, let's make this happen and do this. But by the way, for just being the, like, he was, the movie shot well, great director, but also, like, Danny was pretty well acted for what he was. Yeah. He did a pretty good job. In you that. can definitely tell he was one of those actors turned directors. Yeah, because the way he, like, looked at her, looks at the ground and looks at her, like, there's certain things like that. It's, like, it's pretty good. And, uh, yeah. So, we're at this big ending, and that's when they finally fucking get Agatha down, and they shoot her. Lauren hits her with the bow and arrow to that because now she's got a bow because Lauren gets to be a badass all of a sudden. Like I said, her and Mike, I don't know what the fuck happened. I thought Mike was going to be here and I thought Lauren was going to die first. And Lauren's like the final girl. And all she was was fucking Peter. And Peter got to die. It's bullshit. But uh, she shoots fucking uh, Agatha in the head and then they decide to chop her up and throw her. And she throws in a great line when Sean's like, yeah, let's fucking bury her. Like, let's tie her to some rocks and throw her in the river. She's like, you got to chop her up. You don't you want her to chop come back. Up into pieces and then to put, tie her to rocks and throw them in the river. You don't want her washing up. And it's like, what the fuck, Lauren? Well, the the last line though, Lauren. because you don't want her wash or no, you don't want her coming back next summer to terrorize yeah. these kids like Friday. And, like, and they threw Lauren. it. They threw in the Friday reference. It had me fucking. I was loving it. I know you were loving it, but I was like, Jesus. She's right, though. Let's get the bitch out of here. Chop that hoe up and throw her in the river. Yeah, but she said chop that show up and tie her to rocks in the river. What the fuck? Yeah, she's gone. You don't have to deal with her anymore. That's the way to I do it. I was saying she was a little psycho. I fucked with Lauren. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that decision from her because now we don't have to have a sequel, which I wouldn't mind, no, but... But unless, like, in the beginning of the next one, you just see Agatha's fucking body, like, just formed together through the river, that'd be cool. But, uh, no, I, I'm glad the way they dealt with it. And it was surprising to me that Sean survived. Yeah. I thought Sean would die over Peter. Yeah. But I, it makes sense that Peter and the grandpa died because the grandpa fucked the witch. And, you know, you fuck a witch, you gotta. And Peter was the And Peter brought the witch, the yeah. So it's like, the, it was those, it was that, it was their fault, so... It yeah. makes sense why they died and the other three lived. Mm-hmm. But uh, Heather was standing, uh, Sean was standing, the, the McAllister daughter and son combo, and then Lauren. And then a stupid cop shows up, asks a bunch of stupid questions, even though they're covered in blood. And and it's like laughing the whole time and like, oh, you guys had a party? It's like, Lauren's got blood on her fucking face, dude. Like, like do your job. Insane. And then he just sees the pizza car in the lake and he's like, what happened here? It's like, dude. But, a lot of people died. That's fucking happening, idiot. I love this fucking movie. I give it an eight out of ten. I give it a seven point five. I, I I can see that, but I thought it was done beautifully. I thought it's low budget at its best, and I think it's a perfect homage to what it's trying to do. I mean, and that's only though the reason why I give it seven point five though is honestly because of the fact that Daniel and me, like we've said before, we do have an age difference, so. I've been seeing the camp trope for a really, really long fucking time now. And not just with the Friday movies or 
couple of movies that we've suggested and whatnot. I've been seeing the the trope of camp. The only thing that really did it for me as far as originality with camp movies would be the movie Final World. That was so fucking good. I can't wait till that gets back on streaming so we can do that. But, But, yeah. But it's very, unfortunately, it's very hard to get me behind a camp film. It is, but to me, there's ripoffs and then there's homages and love letters, and I think this is the latter. This yeah. feels like a perfect, this feels like an homage, this feels like a love letter. It feels like they love these types of movies and that's what they made. And you can definitely feel like it's actor or maybe even a fan directed them. Yes. You can, you can tell that they all, everybody involved cared about the genre and cared about what they were doing and had fun over the top performances. Yeah. And that's just the campiness and the cheesiness makes me love it because that's what makes me love the well, original like Friday. That's actually her character. Yeah. Because like, she's like the mom at sleep, uh, not mom, the aunt at sleepaway camp and she's like, Billy, like she's that overactive. He's a, yeah, I mean, he's not as nuts as that crazy bitch. But no, but, yeah. like, when he's calling them in line and he's like, I hate you. Yeah, he yeah. He disgusts me. He's super over Mark, the top. Mark, you're going to send me a letter every single day, right? Yeah, everybody's a superstar, and, like, and then, like, yes. the guy is crushing, so he's like, move your ass. Yeah. It's like, it's, fuck you. It's not my fault. I hurt myself. And he's like, and nobody told you to do this. And, like, was making fun of all the kids. And I was like, oh, my God. He is this stereotypical gay guy. It was so good. <laughs> I think he did such a good job. Because it's really hard to play a stereotype. And I'm br- going to bring Dylan in with this as well. And also, I'm going to bring in Peter as well. It's very hard to act a stereotype. Yeah. That is different from your actual personality. Well, yeah, and we don't know the actor who plays Ben. He could be into the fellas, and that's fine. Who knows? But the other, I'm but sure Dylan isn't. that flamboyant. Yes, I agree. And I'm sure, I, I'm, I'd i like to think Adam Wepler is not Dylan, uh, for the love of God, hopefully, because that is, and but that's, that's, that's my point. Like, that's an over-the-top, not relatable character that's just kind of fucked up and just like, He's this big stereotype, but he plays it with so much fun and love, and, and, like, he's just having a great time, even though he's being a fucking asshole. And that's what makes it fun. And the thing is, is that he knows he's an asshole. Yeah. Everyone that tells him he's a fucking asshole, he just goes, I know. Everybody in this movie's having fun. Even Sean, that kind of takes himself pretty seriously in it, he ends up being a good character. And I just, I liked, I liked everybody's performances, and I also just, I really, I, I liked how the... Not even the. It's a cookie. You shouldn't fuck that witch. It's a cookie cutter plot, but it's done with so much fun, and it's just it feels like a magic type of movie. They just caught something special. They just had a certain genesis clause, a certain finesse about the way that they did things. I think it's probably practical effects. Because honestly, if you get me and Daniel, and you get a a slasher practical effects, we're normally hooked. Yeah. I mean, there's those are two things that both of us very much so enjoy and love. Exactly. And that's why I do get him to watch the classics with me most of the time because of that theatrical element of there being the practical effects. Exactly. And it not being so CGI. But uh But we're gonna go ahead and give it a big old hootie hoop. 
And with all that being said, we will see everybody next week. Yep. Um, I'm going to put it on the TikTok what we're doing for next week because we don't know right now. All right. We'll decide that and let everybody know. Have a great week. Have a good week, guys.